0: Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars.
1: more fights to keep it in. Does has
2: it in the corner? To Sanderson, back in front door. Shot, scores. Bobby Orr. Ray
0: to the right of Reggie Lindland, firing it down, and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron, he takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar, the snapshot, over to gets loose, and Bergeron! There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on thehockeywriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin.
2: Hello, Bruins fans. I'm Mark, and welcome back for the 43rd episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, brought to you by Beast from the Northeast Sports Clothing Company. The great people at Beast from the Northeast pride themselves on using Highest quality apparel to showcase their one-of-a-kind designs that you won't find anywhere else. For a special listener discount, go to beastfromthenortheast.bigcartel.com and enter the promo code Black and Gold for 15% off future orders. Now, time to welcome in my co-host Rob Tomlin. Rob, how are we doing, buddy?
1: I'm good, buddy. How are
2: you? I'm doing okay. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. Been busy. But it's all good, it's all hockey related, so it always puts a smile on my face. So Yeah.
1: I I mean, I had I didn't wake up till about one in the afternoon today. So I've had a pretty good line today. Um <laughs> Yeah, staying up till three thirty AM to watch that game last night. Probably not the best idea.
2: Disappointing. <laughs> Disappointing I swear, so. I,
1: I'm I must be a jinx because the last three or four games that I've watched live has been one of the like they've all been games where we come close to winning it and then just in the last few minutes we've lost. So Right. I think I'm gonna to have to stop watching for a bit and let them gain some points.
2: <laughs> Whatever works, right?
1: Well yeah. We'll we'll soon see. Next game. I'll uh I'll wait till the next day to watch it and we'll see what happens.
2: Well, um uh, real quick, I just wanted to give a shout-out to another um, youth hockey member in the hockey community. Uh, his name is Patrick Taylor. He plays for the New England Bulldogs out of Lowell, Massachusetts. And from the understanding I get from the research I did, they are 27-2 on the season. and wow. uh, Yeah, and will be going to the playoffs starting um, March 17th to the 19th. This year, so uh, Patrick and the New England Bulldogs, uh, best of luck to you, and uh, hopefully you bring home a championship. Yeah, good luck. So I love doing those shout i think I'm gonna start doing yeah. them weekly. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's just get right to it. Last last week there were uh, three games. The what's it? Th- yeah, three games I believe, and the. First game was against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and yep. I mean I thought it was a good game. Uh, yeah, back and Close. forth. It's nice to see Bergeron get on the board with his 12th, Krejci also scoring his 12th, and Chara and Vertrano getting uh, getting goals themselves. The... And one thing that I'm concerned about is is lately the defense is just and, and goaltending. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shy away from um, ripping the goaltending a little bit, but uh, the defense has really failed, and the offense has seemed to step it up. And I think they're both going in the wrong directions because it almost yeah. seems like as many goals as we can score, they just can't keep them out of the net. So. That's a bit concerning to me.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's just... It, like, when you look at the games and some of the goals that we've let in and then the amount of work we have to do to get a goal back. Because it, it seems like it's just an easy shot of in against us and then and it'll take the next 15 shots just to get a goal. So, it's just it's not fun to watch um i mean they've just got to do something they've got to step up i mean we've seen it in a couple of the games where they do for a, like a period they'll step it up and you'll get like two shots against us but i mean they're not they can't keep doing it all game you can't worry that your goaltender is going to let the goal like the shot in you gotta trust your goaltender Right. and at the moment it just seems like the players don't trust the goaltenders especially when the backup's in
2: yeah that's that's for sure um, yeah. there's still they got one win going on and mm-hmm. it's that's not good we need better oh my god that noise is driving me nuts yeah it's alright it's um, alright so moving on to the, the next week I mean, the next game... Um, a little bit of technical difficulties. Yeah. What's going on? I'm
1: really sorry about this. That's I don't it. know what is happening right now. Alright. Um, right. Sorry about that.
2: No problem. No problem. It happens. Skype is just a, a very evil... Uh, bitch. Sometimes. <laughs> so the ne- the next game was the 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 next the day after it was Wednesday, uh, February first, and 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 going right into the Wolves basically in Washington, which the Bruins have not had great success uh, playing in in Washington, nor against. Um, this is I wonder what it is.
1: I, I I can't tell what it is.
2: I got rid of my phone. Um, yeah, I put mine on
1: airplane mode. It's nowhere near the computer. Right. Hmm.
2: All right, let's just keep right. going. Yeah, sorry. No problem. So so the Washington game. Um, they they lose five to three. I didn't really expect this team to to really pull anything out, but at least pull in an effort. Um. So, it was just, uh, I'm not happy about the decision to to ride RAS for the two, two games, and we'll yeah. get into that a little further, because uh, I brought out a, um, a whole uh, sheet of uh, stats and, and crunched some numbers so we could talk about it later, but, you know, back-to-backs are just, you know, the compressed schedule, back-to-backs are not good for this team. And especially a game on the second half of the back-to-back.
1: Yeah. And it's... No no team should be... like it, This condensed schedule is just killing us this year. And I, I think you don't see it as much with other teams because it seems like all our star players are like aging. Like Chara. He's, he's too old for this kind of schedule. Like, his body's not going to be able to take it as well as some of the younger players around the league. And uh, I, I just think this is the type of thing that's killing us. Back-to-backs almost, like, every week. But at the same time, you've got to find ways to counteract that. And right. we, it just doesn't seem like we have the
2: depth in our team to do that. Now, so, I, I thought, in the Washington game, I thought that they, they actually played okay for, like, the first half of the game, but then just didn't have any legs, didn't have any energy in them to, to finish a 60-minute effort, which I believe ultimately exposed them to what Washington can really do and uh, ultimately losing the yeah. game. Yeah, and
1: another game where we get bit in the ass by a player who used to be a brute.
2: Oh, my God, Brett Connolly. Yeah, he's got ten goals this year. Yeah. And you know what's funny? This, this is what I mean. This is what I mean when
1: Bruins fans always get on this. When a player goes to a different team and produces, they always say, Oh, look what we've lost But it's not the it's not the player choosing to now play, it's the system that
2: we play not letting them use the skill set. Exactly. And and I just I saw a tweet earlier today about Conley I believe uh, had, had a goal or two goals last night Yeah, and the tweet was it's amazing that Brent Conley can play for the Washington Capitals on the fourth line and produce numbers like this but can't get anything done with, on the line with Bergeron and Marchand last year Yeah, that's, that's kind of an interesting fact
1: yeah, but it just it, that just goes to show the system is not working. Right. If a, like, I guarantee, Jimmy Hayes will walk on free agency because it'll get bought out or whatever. But n- next time it's free agency, Jimmy Hayes is probably going to go to a different team, produce numbers, and everyone will wonder why, and it's because the system does not work for those type of players. Right notice how every player that produces that's been brought in other than pasternak is a two-way player that's because our system is built for that two-way game counter-attack that type of play not for it's only recently we started seeing more skill zone based play where they'll cycle the puck a lot it didn't used to be that it used to be shots to the net go crash the net but always have one player back to help the defense,
2: and it just doesn't work in the NHL anymore. Right. Yeah. I've been a proponent of, of of changing the system for a while now because, I mean, it's it's good to be defensive. And it's good to you know have that. You know the, the Bruins have been a defensive team since 1924 since they came into the league, that all they do is breed defense and defense wins, and I get that. But there's a lot of other teams that have done that in the past that have transitioned. You know, the the Bruins right now, they seem to be a 70-30 defense favored team. I still would like to see them 60-40, maybe even 50-50. I'd like to just see a little more offensive production um, skill set and so on. Sorry. Um, yeah. So Yeah, I'm I'm
1: the same way. I just, I think it's I think they're going that way. I think the way they've drafted shows that they're going to the 50-50 skill set type of thing where you're going to have big players and small skilled players. Right. Um, but it's just you never know who's going to make it to the NHL and who's not like some of those guys that were picked in the first round may never leave the AHL or even make it to the AHL who knows what's going to happen so I think it's going to take more than just the drafting, it's going to take free agency acquisitions trades, like small trades that you wouldn't expect anything to come of like Sean Curley being added into that with that first round pick um, I think that was one of those acquisitions where no one's going to think, "Oh, that's a guy in the future that could be a solid third line center." Mm-hmm. But if he does become that solid third line center, then that's a great pickup, if you ask me, because it's just a small piece that the darks probably never expected to become anything.
2: Right, and uh, I think so, I think he'd be a. I mean, just touching on curly I think he'd be a great addition if, if a spoon is subtraction. Yeah. You know. And so. he and he has he has like
1: that he's a complete package centre. He can play both both sides of the puck. He's got good good hands, he's got good passing, he's quite quick. I mean he's kind of what the Bruins want, but it's whether he can step up and play in the NHL right now. Who knows? 'Cause we've only seen a small product of it.
2: Right. So going to the last game of the week, which was last night in the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, they you know, the team brings the game back home and suffers another home loss, which was I really wanted this win because, you know, there was a lot of the commentators were saying it could be a one point or a four point lead in the in yeah. the division. So I mean the Bruins right now, even after that loss last night, and I really don't wanna get into it, but the, the the Bruins sit at the third position in the Atlantic division, um, and they're only trailing uh Toronto by one point. And yeah. that's scary. I I mean it it's good to see that they're in the picture right now, but how long how long are they gonna sustain this? And it, I mean
1: Yeah, and those games in hand are gonna kill
2: us. Yeah, in the long run, and then you look at that all every team ahead of us, and then you look at those games, right? And then you look at all the games that are remaining, especially the ones at home. That's that's yeah. just a scary factor.
1: Yeah. And like you, said, the, the it's the home games. That... Sorry about this. Yeah, it's the it's the home games that' are killing us really is and uh, I think they've just got to find a way to step up and they've got to find a way I-, I think even have a different lineup for your home games like have backers playing third line center for your home games just try something different yep no, I agree with that like especially you see some teams do that where they'll play uh, they'll play different lineups for different things so you'll have an away Roster and a home roster, and it'll all be different, but it's just one of those things they need to find a way to jumpstart this team. And so far, everything they've tried hasn't worked. Right. So, and like I said, I really think the way to jumpstart them is to scratch guys. Yeah. And the bigger named guys. So,
2: I I agree. Just show them that no one's untouchable. No kidding. Well, I mean, looking forward to next week, there's only three games, and there's kind of a stretch. Um, we're, we're recording this podcast on Sunday the 5th. So they have uh, Monday the 6th, Tuesday the 7th, Wednesday the 8th off, and then they're home against San Jose on Thursday, home against uh, Vancouver, which is a matinee game at 1 p.m. on Saturday, and then a back-to-back with the uh, Montreal Canadiens on Sunday and
0: something's You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com
2: It's, it's I don't know those are, I'm not saying the, the, the Vancouver game's gonna be any special treat, but the the San Jose and Montreal game next week are just going to be the ones that are are really going to be a a factor. Yeah, and you know, I mean, th- these three games right there, depending on how everybody else does, especially Toronto, could ultimately knock them right out of that Atlantic uh, top three. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we're
1: getting close to the deadline now, and the the whole. Like cut-off thing, whether you're going to make the playoffs or whether you're not, are you going to be a buyer or are you going to be a seller? And I don't know about you, but right now I see them as sellers, the way that they're playing. Yeah. And but the sad, no one knows, no one knows who's for
2: sale and who's not. So. Right. Yeah. The, the 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 frustrating thing for me is when the Bruins get into the situation, when they put themselves into a corner like this, Don Sweeney is going to be, you know hovering over the panic button and I just, I'm not yeah. sure if that's the right thing to do because I don't believe, honestly, I don't understand what bong they're hitting if they <laughs> believe that this is going to be a long playoff run don't make a move out of desperation just, yeah. you know what I mean I mean, just write it out See, it is what it is, it'll take the 14th pick again Let's yeah. not let's not sell high for something that we're we're, you know, realistically, not gonna get.
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure we don't have many draft picks this year. Cause didn't we use some to pick up guys last year at like least? Yeah, we
2: we we have a first. We have a second. We don't have a third. We have a fourth, yeah. fifth, a sixth, and two sevenths. I, I don't quote me on that. I'm just going off of what I saw earlier today. But yeah, well,
1: the way the way I see it, the the thing you've got to do is kind of sell off guys high that you think might get picked up in the expansion draft. This is just the way I've seen a lot of talk, uh, a lot of writers saying that teams are going to go about the trade deadline is sell high with the guys that you think might get picked up, and then bring up your youth that can't be picked up. Because it it seems like the NHL now are being really savvy and they're kind of going to leave the player they pick like the team's going to choose which players go into Las Vegas basically by trying to sell off to different teams. That's the way it looks. But I don't think the Bruins are clever enough to be doing that. Right. So it's just this is this is probably the worst year for this to be happening to us and it's just next year's going to get even worse with the addition of a new team I mean I, I just don't see what they can do to change this season around I really think they've just got to stick with it now Yeah, but at the same time if you're going to stick with it for God's sakes, like let McIntyre play some games and drip some points. Yeah. Because you're gonna kill Rask.
2: Yeah, and that's a, a perfect segue to go right into what I'm gonna say. Yeah. So there's this again the um, the Rask hate is in uh, full effect again because the team's not doing good and everybody points the fingers at him. And mm. I'm gonna tell you something right now. I'm not happy. I'm not happy with this play. I'm a huge Ras fan. Uh, Rob is too, but we're not dumb either. We see problems, and it, and it is frustrating to us to have our favorite player not doing very well. So I got together and crunched some numbers, and, um, and number one, I'm not happy with him playing back-to-back. I don't care if he makes $7 million a year and if that's what he's paid for because that's what all people say is he's not playing up to his contract. Let me tell you something. If you were at work and somebody gave you a $2 raise, would you say no? Yeah. I don't think so. I'd be all over that. And I don't believe there were many negotiations in this. I believe that the Bruins management at the time, not saying it was Don Sweeney, at the time went to him, made him an offer, and he bought it. He Grabbed it and ran like he stole it. So stop blaming him for the money. If you got anybody to blame, please send a letter to 100 Causeway Street and ripped on Sweeney and former management on him for that because I'm sick of hearing it. Yeah. So,
1: I don't. You don't really see anyone around the league go. Oh yeah, you want to offer me this really high contract even though you're in cap difficulty? Uh, no thanks. Right. I'll uh I I'll take a million for the next five years. It's not going to happen.
2: Right. It's just ridiculous. So, and with that being said, and and I have to, it's sad that it has to be explained like this, but the goaltenders go through tough stretches. Nobody's perfect, but it always seems, because the Bruins fans are always, you know, circled around Boston and what happens in Boston. So, you know, there are three teams in the league right now that he is absolutely dog crap against. And that's the Anaheim Ducks, the Detroit Red Wings, and and the Washington Capitals. And let me th- throw some numbers at you. The when he plays the Anaheim Ducks, he's got a three point four eight goals against average and an eight point seven three save percentage. The Detroit, the the Red Wings, and, uh, a two point eight five goals against and an eight ninety save percentage. And on uh, Wednesday, when they played the Capitals. He's got a 3.14 goals against and a .887 save percentage. So, and also, to boot against the Washington Capitals, he's 1-9-5. He's got one win against this team. Wow. Now, I don't care. I don't care what the record is and back-to-back situation or if you need points. When are you going to give it up to, to McIntyre and give him a game? Because I would rather yeah. I would rather see McIntyre play and lose miserably against a Washington Capitals team that you're probably not going to win, either way. Whoever's in net, you don't yeah. have the guys in front of him to do anything. So, why not play him on Wednesday and rest Rask for for the Saturday game against Toronto, which he's killed it against. Yeah, I don't get it.
1: And it's like you say, like, anyone who says that back-to-backs, like, goaltenders like that should play it. Look around the league, Montreal, Carey Price, meant to be the best goalie in the league. Does he play every back-to-back? No. Nope. Because they've gone out and got a guy who can back him up. You go, Braden Holtby, does he play back-to-backs? Yes, sometimes. Why? Because they don't have a great backup. Because the cap is elsewhere.
2: Right, Gubayo was not a great but, uh, goaltender.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, that's most of the time when Holtby loses his games, is on back to backs, and then you like just going around the league, looking at the top goaltenders. They don't play as many games as Rask. They don't have the defense in front of them that Rask has, because I've I've seen people on Twitter, especially on Twitter the other day, saying, uh put Martin Jones's goals against and save percentage up compared to Rask's.
2: Oh my god, here we go again. But
1: Mark andre Vlasic Brent Burns uh, you've got like three other good solid defencemen like Braun as well yep. on the San Jose Sharks what, what do we have? We have Carlo who's in his first year who's probably our best defenceman right now you have an aging Chara, Torii Krug, who's being caught way too many times in the offensive zone, and then the other—I'd say the two best defensemen of the of the year—is Colin Miller and uh, Carlo, right. and they're two rookie defensemen. Like this, this decor is miserable. And there's nothing they can do about it right now. We're stuck on the back end of a Stanley Cup team with no trade clauses and no movement clause. There's there's nothing we can do. Right. This is why a slow rebuild is perfect, but the fans don't want it. No matter how much they say they want it, and how much they say trade Bergeron, trade Marshall, trade Krejci, if you're complaining now. You're gonna accomplish a hell of a lot more when those guys go.
2: Yeah. The, the thing because me, no
1: one wants to see the Maple Leaves in Boston.
2: Yeah. That's the, the thing. The, the the thing for me is everybody wants to win now. The win now mentality is just you know you have to have time to cycle in new people, new blood, and and unfortunately fans aren't aren't about that. But uh, just just going back on on the Rask hate. Uh, some more numbers. You know, what's funny is the, the Ducks, the Red Wings, and Capitals, those three teams, Rask has a .883 save percentage and a 3.15 goals against. And versus the other 26 remaining teams in the NHL in his career, listen to these numbers. I, went, I did them all this morning. He's got a 2.14 goals against average and a 9.25 save percentage. But he's awful. He's terrible. Seriously? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Um so I I honestly think that if he did not start the game on Wednesday, that he would have a better opportunity to um increase his 15-4-2 record against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and and play a little better game. Yeah. So uh,
1: you could tell you could tell he was tired.
2: Oh, he's Oh, absolutely. I mean I mean, there's the. But he makes seven million dollars a year. He's he's got yeah. no time to be tired.
1: Well, I don't want to. I don't want to make excuses for him because then you become that person that everyone hates. Oh, we're making excuses, but I know. at the same time, like imagine you worked a a fourteen-hour shift at work, and then someone rang you at six o'clock the next morning and said, "Can you do another fourteen-hour shift today?" Yeah. Like. I know. I if I had the choice, I'd say no.
2: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I I think I think Rass just has to stand up and say, look, I can't do this. Like you're gonna have to keep me out some games. But at the same time, we all know that he's not that that person. He'll right. play whether he's hurt or not. He's just like Bergeron. And I know people are gonna say, oh well, what about the games that he's missed, like the last game of last season? If you Have diarrhea and you can't get off the toilet. How are you you expected to play in net during a hockey game? Exactly. Like, what do they want to do? Strap a diaper on him and stick him out on the (laughs) ice? (laughs) I I just don't get how the. Like, the reason that he stepped out of that game was because he believed that Jonas Gustafsson would do a better job in that net than he would ill that's yep. the only reason he stepped out but people still rip him for it and when he got took out of the game the other day for having a migraine people started ripping him for it but if you got a migraine and you can barely like see and your vision gl- goes blurry mm-hmm. how's he going to save a puck that's moving at like 80 miles an hour right I just, I don't understand like some fans views of things I think I, I should start a like Twitter page that just like auto like tweets back at people that make these tweets.
2: <laughs> well,
1: let's just dis- saying like Vicodin.
2: You right. like, Let's dissect this a little bit. All right, I went a little further into this little um, in this research, and and you know, since he got hit in the head with the puck back on January twelfth against the Nashville Predators. And I got to thank uh, Court Lalonde for uh, coming, helping me out on that. I couldn't figure out which game it was, but he was right there to help me out. That's eleven games since then, yeah. and he's four, four, and one. He's been pulled three times, and he has a point eight five seven save percentage. So, yep. Um, I Do, uh, do you think that that might have? Rattled his confidence a little bit.
0: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com.
1: It's got to. Because, I, well, mean, I mean,
2: uh, his numbers have definitely been trending downward since that happened. And, and Yeah, but and, how
1: many small injuries has he had in that time as uh, well?
2: That's, you know, that's true. I didn't factor that in. Yeah, but, but, because
1: but, I mean, the other the other night, what did he do? He popped his his groin. groin. Yeah, yeah, and then also, didn't he take a bad shot somewhere as well? Yep. During the same game, and still played till the end. Um, yeah, that it it's it's a mixture of I think like things like that where it's obviously going to rock you a bit and you're going to be a bit wary. You can see it when people, like, crash the net against him as well. He kind of gets out of the way a lot faster now. Yep. Like, he used to kind of sit there and know that the defensemen were going to block him and stop him from getting to him, but now he kind of just zips out of the way and doesn't take a chance. But, I mean, I, I I just think, like I said before, just give the guy a rest. <laughs> like, they've got to they've just... I say if they're not in the playoff picture by the deadline, you've got to see McIntyre play a lot more games.
2: Right. But at well, the
1: same time, do you give Rast that opportunity of still being assault, like, a consistent 30-game winner a season? Yeah. Because he's done it for the past four years, is it? Yes. So, yeah.
2: So, uh, looking at the the, the schedule I had and, and – and... There's days in between, which to me, this year, is just tells me that Rask is gonna play all of these games. Yeah. So, um, let's. I, I want to look into how Ras does against uh, a team like San Jose. He's uh, played six games. He's three and three. He's got a three point one nine goals against and a nine oh four save percentage against Vancouver. Seven games played, he's 2-4-2, with a 2.39 goals against, 0.910 save percentage. And, of course, everybody loves this one. Against Montreal, in 25 games, he's 6-15-3, 2.61, and a nine twelve save percentage. Which one of those games do you not start him? Because there's obvious struggles against those teams, too. I mean,
1: well, San Jose for one, his numbers against them are way worse than the uh, Vancouver or Montreal. Right. I I think you you're playing for Montreal. You're sitting for the other two games. Let him get a rest. That that's what I. If I was in charge, that's what I'd do. But you know they're not going to do that. No,
2: because I they're... think
1: they'll they'll play them all three.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. And... There, there, I'm sorry. There isn't a game in between the. Um the Vancouver and the Montreal game, that's a back-to-back, so, so with that being said, do you still, I mean, or do you throw McIntyre against the Wolves against Montreal again and see what happens, or do you give,
1: yeah, well, they did, they did it last time, didn't they, so,
2: or do you give um, McIntyre the Vancouver game and and play Rask at home against the the Canadians, I mean, it's,
1: I'd play Rask against Vancouver because it's the most likely win, I right. think. So, uh, I think I'd play Rask against them because he's probably going to have an easier time with less shots and less physical abuse like you would against Montreal.
2: Well, in reality, uh, in reality no matter who plays in the net, I mean, with a 12-13 and all home record, it's going to be a crap shoot anyway.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, it's it's just one of them. I think it doesn't really... Does it really matter which game he plays? No, but at the same time, would you like to see them think of the little things like like Montreal crashing the net like they always do, like the heated rivalry and everyone being stood in his crease? I'd give McIntyre that game.
2: Right. All right. So enough with the goaltending talk because... Yeah. That's I don't know, it's just <laughs> never gonna end with what the Bruins are gonna do about it and the fans constantly bitching about it, so it's, it's yeah. I'm not happy with it either and I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's not something I'd love to talk about, but
1: If anyway. anything, like I I'd have rather seen them go out and get a high paid goaltender as backup than say like sign a guy like David Backus for the contract that he got. But it's the Bruins, and they'll never do that.
2: And they had cap space so. to do something too. I mean, they didn't, they didn't, they did not have to rush on the Huddersfield. That was just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Oh, and another thing that I saw this week was, um, like, they were saying that there's there's not that many backups there come trade deadline that they like people think will actually move. Um, and the only one that I've seen that the Bruins have been mentioned with is Michael Neuvers from the Flyers. Really? And if I'm correct, he has quite a big cap. Yes. I think he's around 3 million. Yes. So, like, <laughs> how do you get around that when you've got a guy like been making 2 million in the
2: AHL? Exactly. But, yep. I mean, even our discussion last week, uh, I believe it was last week, about goaltenders, I mean, I brought up Yaroslav Halak. Yeah. and maybe Because he has NHL experience, and, yeah. and there's a good possibility that the Islanders do want to move him, which they could retain some of his $5 million cap, which would kind of fit in really good with the Bruins. And then you brought in up a uh, younger goaltender, Calvin Pickard. I mean, yeah. both great suggestions, you know. I mean – I I don't mind Michael Neuver at all. I mean, I think he's a decent goaltender, yeah. but I just think he's on that on that Philadelphia team. It's a little a goaltending isn't isn't always the great spectacle in uh in the city of brotherly love at all. But and I um, mean I mean right now the past two or three years neither is Boston. Yeah. So I'm really not sure who comes in and who I mean no, nobody's going to be a savior. I get that, but. I, yeah, I, I just don't believe anybody comes in here and really takes the reins of anything at this point because the team in front of them is still not good.
1: Yeah. And Can you imagine if they do a Dallas though and trade for a starter as the backup?
2: Yeah. Because I
1: mean, they did that with Niemi, didn't they?
2: Yeah. And and uh, Jim Nill, the general manager of the uh, Dallas Stars, believed that two starters was going to work but Look what it does to your cap hit. Yeah. I mean, you got I believe it's eleven million dollars tied up in goaltending. That is just ridiculous. Yep. I mean
1: it that is (laughs) That's what, twenty nearly twenty percent of your cap? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you got
2: players like Jamie Ben and and Tyler Sagan. Tyler Sagan. You know, that's I mean, it's not, it's nothing like Chicago with Keynes uh, with and Taves, which is twenty million easily right there. But you know, it's, it's when you yeah. live in a cap world, numbers are tough.
1: Yeah, and you don't want to find the next big star as a for like as a young kid and then not be able to sign them.
0: Yeah. Which, exactly.
1: some somehow, I still can't believe how Chicago do it, but they managed to sign Panarin. And the Bruins can never seem to find that cap space for guys that we need.
2: Same <laughs> cap restrictions all throughout the league. I I, I believe that yeah. Stan Bowman is a is is one of the better GMs in the league. Uh, ranks up there with uh, Dean Lombardi of the um, uh, Los Angeles Kings. Those guys yeah. are masterminds. I think they're minus. both
1: both geniuses when yeah, it comes to absolutely like the NHL. You know, and, you know, I, and I just.
2: I remember having a conversation with you about uh, a while ago about Don Sweeney and, and the choice that the Bruins made I would rather have a guy that's under Dean Lombardi like Mike Fuda who is an yeah. assistant GM be the Bruins GM it's an outside you know voice outside thought you know I just thought that would have fit in a little better but it, that's no here and there
1: yeah well it's that that thing we always talk about they go after the experienced
2: players oh I'm so tired I mean, of that yeah, I'm so tired. I'm, and, you know, I'm hearing, let's bring back Adam Oates. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, let's him... bring
1: back uh, what was his name, Hamill? <laughs>
2: oh, Zach.
1: Yeah, yeah, Zach Hamill. <laughs> let's make him GM. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> let's just let's just go. Oh, like Jordan Caron. What's that guy doing? Right oh man. Now? Oh, last time we mentioned him, something went bad. Yeah. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> exactly. All right, so uh, speaking of frustrating times, you know, I, I, we gotta, we got to talk about the schedule. Because after the, the next three games this week, there's the, the new bye week, which I, I find yeah. absolutely ridiculous. And the reason why I find this ridiculous is the timing. Now, yes, I do want to see the Bruins and other NHL teams take a break and, and create family time and so on. But in my personal opinion, I would rather see them take this time and go back and do it during the holiday break. Like like yeah. have, have family time for Christmas and then go past the new year, a day or two, and then go right back into the season. Yeah. Because it, 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 and I might be the only one that, like, looks at this schedule and sees these back-to-backs are just ridiculous. And I, I'm i thinking that it's got to do with, with all this – I mean, either, number one, it was the, um, the World Cup. Yeah. The Christmas holiday. And then this bye week has just pushed everything together. And if they bring everything back and close the – I mean – I know it's a money maker, and it's a, it's it's revenue, and, and Gary Bettman just loves bringing money in. But shut down for a week—that's my opinion. I wouldn't do it in February, especially yeah. especially with the Bruins. When they get more rest, they suck when they come back.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
2: And when you come but back, but at
1: the same time, do you not do you not think that they've put this bye week here because of the deadline, because it'll give GMs a better chance to. Get together and talk more without games.
2: I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. You're probably going to see a lot. I mean, it's just for the Bruins. This is the Bruins' bye week. Uh, Other teams have had it in different areas of the season.
1: Yeah, that's why we have the the um, like games in hand with Toronto and everything. Right. But when you when you look at the
2: when you look at the six days off that they're going to have. After after this week, they go right into a Western road trip with a game in San Jose. Yeah. Then they play Anaheim, the Kings, the Stars, and then they come home to round off the month, which and I believe which is the trade deadline is uh, against the Phoenix Coyotes, and uh, I think I'm going to that game. So. Um, awesome. Yeah, I picked the game that I, they're probably going to win. But it's at home, so it's that 50 50 thing, so I'm probably going to get really drunk.
1: <laughs> yeah. But but at the same time, like, it, it's Phoenix. It's always a good game against them, so.
2: Right. And hopefully Mike Smith doesn't score a goal on Tukarask. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that in the All Star game?
1: No. You I didn't. Did? To be honest, I watched highlights on the All Star game. I didn't bother watching it because I knew. From past experience, that it wasn't my kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I'm not a big all-star guy either. I, I didn't really enjoy the game. I did watch a, a bunch of it, but I did pay attention to the to the uh, skills competition, and that's what I that's what I should have said was a skills competition. And Mike Smith didn't score a goal yeah. in the all-star game, but
1: um, no, in the yeah through the the five-hole thing, yeah. five-hole challenge.
2: Can you believe that yeah. from, from the goal no, line?
1: wasn't that is that was his first shot as well, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah,
2: that was pretty and he's sick. been
1: known to do it during a game so
2: that's pretty sick
1: yeah that that's is crazy
2: so watch out for that sniper on uh, the 28th of um, February
1: <laughs> yeah we'll have fans saying that we should go get Mike Smith now oh. because he'll be able to score goals as well <laughs> <I> <laughs> can stop it. the fuck and put us up
2: I love it <laughs> alright uh, next little bit of discussion um uh, what did I want to touch on? Oh, Brad Marchand up to his uh, is no good again. Yeah. He uh, the Tampa Bay game um, kind of gave a, uh, a a half a slew foot to uh, defenseman Anton Stallman. Yeah. And uh, definitely could have been avoidable. I just. He's really asking for it, and I'm, I'm getting tired of seeing it because the next one is probably going to be the one that suspends him for uh, a, a bit of time. And I'm actually surprised yeah. that he didn't get a suspension on this one.
0: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com.
1: Uh, am I correct in thinking, though, that Brad Marchand doesn't have a no-trade clause?
2: Oh. I don't know. I'm pretty sure
1: he's the only, like, guy in the top six other than Pasternak that doesn't have a no-trade clause. Let me... Let me... But I would... I'd scare the crap out of him, and I would put on Twitter that Brad Marchand is now on the block. And just... Just watch him panic.
2: Let me look. I'm, I'm going on capfriendly.com right now. I should know this, but he's he's one of those. Someone high- needs
1: to scare him. This is. Yeah, he's got a modified
2: no trade.
1: Oh, that's not good. So go go and ask him for his list. <laughs> That'd be the funny one.
2: And let me just let me go in and go, know.
1: Brad. By the way, can you give us a list of teams just coming up to the deadline and everything? So.
2: So what do you get an eight-year deal yeah so from all right so, and that starts next season 2017-18 yeah. he's got no movement for one two three four five of the first years and the last three is a modified no trade so what got, are these deals i don't know it's ridiculous
1: why, I don't get why these players need no-move close. It's security. Yeah, but at the same time, you'd think Brad Marchand, Bergeron, the the two main core guys right now on the forward core. I I can get it for a guy like David Krejci. I get it for a guy like David Backus. I just don't get it with Bergeron and Marchand. I don't get why they need no-move movement close.
2: Right.
1: I just don't understand it. Sucks. But this at the huge. same time, you know he's you know he's got no movement cl- clothes because of this kind of crap where he s- slewfoots people and he's gonna piss off management. If he gets another suspension this season and we're like down to the wire on making the playoffs or not, I think all the Tukarask haters should go and hate Grab Marchand.
2: <laughs> just switch the Because I've
1: I've never seen Tukarask get a suspension for just like he didn't go oh I don't want to play the next two games let's get a suspension
2: right
1: but you see it with Brad Marsh and why, why why slew foot someone what's the point point? and both of the plays are like like not they're not accidental there's no way they can be accidental they were
2: both avoidable he just yeah. does it to get under the skin and he's riding the fine line with the league right now and I believe if yep. they do it one more time even if it's a even if it is not a full slew the, the, the thing is, is it's a dangerous trip regardless of what you want to call it if he didn't put his arm yeah. up to the shoulder and his foot behind his leg and you know the same time pull him down in a dangerous fashion that is a, that is a full slew foot but when yeah. you're skating by somebody and, and your, your opponent has a foot planted on the ice and you just skate through that leg that's also dangerous and, and, and suspendable. So, yeah. he just got to smarten up because he's really putting his team into a, a real disadvantage with his stupidness.
1: Stupidity. Did you see the um, Did you see the Thomas Plakanich, uh on Connor McDavid slew foot?
2: I did not. That happened? I heard about it. I think I it happened it.
1: yesterday. It is the worst dive you have ever seen, ever. And there is no, like, I can't believe I'm sticking up for a Habs player, but... There's no way that's a slip-up.
2: So McDavid so died.
1: Yeah, he kind of like he's just skating along, and kind of they collide together with the feet after the whistle. And Connor McDavid kind of like lifts his foot in the air, go like skates on a bit, and then falls over like trying to get a call. It's so bad. I'll, I'll send you the the gif of it on Twitter. Later. You will laugh, <laughs> but. I, like with all the slew footing going on at the moment that is going to be the funniest one it's definitely but um, yeah like it, it needs to stop and like I said I'd just, I'd just scare him I'd go and ask for a, for a list like whether it, what 6 or 12 teams whatever list he's got just go in and say I want your, your team list for your trade because the trade deadline's coming up and then see how scared he gets. And then just say to him, This is because of the slew footing. Right. And then watch him change his game. But at the same time, I'd love to see next year the fourth line on the Bruins. I'd love to see Anton Bleed, Nola Chari and Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine that line? That'd be the, that'd be the dirtiest line in hockey at the moment, <laughs> I think. Right. The are all pests. But they'd be they'd be fast. Oh, yeah. They'd be real fast. Yeah, Nolachari is very underrated for his skating. So is Anton Bleed. But yeah. Gabriel's just another level when it comes to his skating.
2: Nolachari got his first uh, AHL goal of the 2016-17 season on Friday night.
1: How many games has he played this year? He's for, been injured.
2: In... Uh, right yeah when he when when he got um sent down from Boston he played i believe a couple of games and then got injured so he's been out but he's been he's been a you know he's been playing for a little while but it was good to see his uh, first goal though yeah
1: he's he's not really a point producer though is he
2: no he's more of a you know when he's when he's on the ice he's more of a believe it or not a steady four checker for a fourth liner. Yeah, he's an he's, he's an
1: energy player. Yeah, really. yeah. He's
2: got he's got tremendous speed. He Sees the ice really well. Um, but I wish he had more uh, attributes to his game, like like um, skilled hands, a shot, uh, more shots on yeah. net. You know, I mean, I just I'd rather see players like that, the all around player, than just you know. I I know I preach about this all the time, but you know, a, a more point producer grinder, per se. You know. Yeah. So.
1: Well, that's what Gabriel kind of is.
2: Yeah, you know,
1: he, he uses his body a lot, but he can put put the puck in the net, and exactly. he's got good hands. So
2: exactly, and I like players like that, and especially ones that are transitioning into the you know the 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 levels lower levels of the uh, you know minor pro leagues, which I believe Gabriel will probably um, play in a full season in the AHL next season, next year. But yeah. there's, there is a possibility of an AHL roster spot open up. Who knows? But uh, yeah. to get him involved in the system. And I don't believe the, the three to four games he played after his, uh, his WHL commitment last season was enough. Um, yeah. he, would, did, I don't, he didn't score any points. He might have had an assist. I could be wrong. But uh, from the games that I watched, he was just that type of player that really just was asking for his ass to be kicked. He was just real yeah. pushy, agitated, after the whistle kind of stuff, you know? But, I mean, which. Your... Oh, yeah.
1: I remember seeing, like, I think there was a. I think it was Providence Bruins that put the video up, and it was like a. I think it was 30 seconds of him just, like, Jarring. going to town on people after the whistle. Yeah. There were a couple of cross checks in front of the net and stuff like that, so. Yeah. And for a small guy, like, he's not hes not a huge guy. For a small guy, he's got a lot of bite behind him. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Anton Bleed as well. He's Another guy who's not big. And he'll just... He's fearless. Absolutely. Well, but we haven't talked about it yet. And I've got to talk about this right now. What's up? Adam McQuaid last night against Matt Martin. Crashed. Holy crap crap that yeah. did did martin get his jaw back after like i, his, I don't like, know
2: i think his jaw swung around his head like three or four times before he actually lined it back up
1: yeah that was that was one of the best punches we've seen in a while yeah. fight. and he
2: was leaking everywhere too oh yeah he, he was
1: leaking over his back yeah <laughs> how the, how do you get that
2: I want to say cruelly. I want to say McQuaid got some punches to the ear and cut his ear wide open. Uh,
1: so probably, I, I know I, I saw a couple of tweets from a few Lease fans saying that um, it looked like Martin Martin's two punches that he actually landed connected uh, with McQuaid's visor. Yeah. But McQuaid doesn't wear a visor, does he?
2: Yeah, he does. I thought he didn't. No, when he got injured earlier this season when uh, when he started oh, the, when, forced to wear one. when he started the year he didn't have yeah. it on but when he got um, injured I don't know what the injury is because he's always injured yeah um when he came back he had a visor on and I'm like that's kind of weird that he's got a visor on but um, yeah did, did you hear doesn't ba- usually did you hear Babcock bitching about that no. Oh, oh, yeah. He was he was complaining so bad about that about how uh, a fight can continue with one guy having. Of course, it's his guy, Matt Martin, yeah. not wearing a, a visor, but McQuaid uh, having one on and thought it was uh, unfair.
1: Well, they they give instigator penalties for it, don't, don't they? Well, I if one so. guy has a visor and one guy doesn't, then the instigator goes to the guy who has the visor.
2: Right. Well, I'm not totally yeah. sure about that, but. I mean even if they wanted to they still couldn't drop the helmets because you get extra time for that too so it doesn't really matter in the NHL if you fight or not the league is like really restricting it yeah which is but
1: at the same time we're starting to see some of the best fights of the year happen lately and And I think it's because I think it's because of what happened to Adam McQuaid in previous games where he's been stopped fighting and they have realized how dangerous it is to stop someone
2: which is such a joke yeah you know i'm not i'm not a huge fan of fighting i mean i like it in the game i like when when you stick up for a player and so on but like i said in previous podcasts i don't like the stage stuff but
1: i just think that was um i think it was a great hit by him against um matthews yeah and a, a perfectly clean one as well. He just yeah. stapled him to the boards.
2: Yeah, it was not in the um, numbers. It wasn't any egregious. hit It was, you know, I thought it was good, but Matt Martin's like, you know, you don't you don't treat my star player like that.
1: Yeah, and I know at the beginning of the year he didn't do anything like that because, when the Leafs first played us, I think Matthews got hit about six times and no one did anything about it. So to see him step up this game. I just find it funny that Matt Martin stepped up and just got absolutely planted. You don't see that a lot. Right. Usually the guy who's pissed off that you've just hit his teammate wins the fight. So it's kind of funny to see it the other way around.
2: Actually, um, I do want to talk about um, some trade scenarios and how a certain defenseman is playing before we yeah. we end it. So, if, do you want to take a break while I go through the? the, uh, player prospects update. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. We'll do that and we'll come back and talk about something else that's on my mind. So, um, in the AHL, with the Providence Bruins, um, uh, they had one game last week and they played against the, uh, Springfield Thunderbirds, which they seem to be playing an awful lot of lately. And they, uh, got a victory, a three to one victory at the Dunkin' Donut center. Um, in the first period, uh, Alex Grant, which has been a real good acquisition for, for the uh, Providence Bruins, got his ninth goal. Um, he's a good blue liner, AHL contract, so uh, I'd like to see him back next year. Uh, assisted by J- uh, Jordan Swartz and uh, Tyler Randall. And as we said earlier, uh, in that first period, Shari got his first goal from Randall and O'Gara. It was no scoring in the second period. The third period, Danton Heinen uh, finally gets on the board after 12-game goalless streak. Uh, he got got his ninth from Jake DeBrusque, and that ended it at uh, three to one. Providence, uh, Malcolm Subban get his first win on a Friday night this season, and uh, his record is now six nine and five. So. That was a good game. Um, Some honorable mentions last week, even though it was uh, just one game played. Uh, Jordan.
0: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com.
2: Jordan Suarez uh, had an assist in Friday night's game and extended his point streak to three games. Last 10 games, he's got 2 goals, 9 assists, 11 points. Uh, on the season, he's got 10 goals, 24 assists, 34 points, and 42 games played. Forward Peter Kalharic, uh went pointless in Friday's game against Springfield, but has 10 points in his last 10 games. Uh, in his season, he's got 18 goals, 15 assists, 33 points, and 40 games played. Like I said, Alex Grant scored his ninth goal of the season on Friday night and is currently on a two-game goal streak. Uh, in 42 games this year, he's got 9 goals, 20 assists, 29 points. And I already talked about Danton Heinen. He's currently on a two-game point streak. In 34 games played, he's got 9 goals, 16 assists, 25 points. And moving on to the East Coast Hockey League, Atlanta Gladiators, which is the A Premier League of the Bruins. Uh, Dan Vladar took a loss on Friday night um, against the Florida Everblades. That's three straight games, giving up four goals, and is struggling big time in his first East Coast Hockey League season. In eight games played, he's 3-3, three, 1-1, three, one and, one, and has a 3.74 goals against and a .886 save percentage. I'd like to see him get better sooner or later. Uh, in the OHL, Zach Seneshan of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds is currently on a three game pointless streak with hopes of changing that today against the North Bay Battalion which is uh, a game I'm actually watching right now. Um, in his last six games he struggled offensively providing a goal two assists, three points in 41 games played he's 28, 13, and 41. Uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, uh, Jeremy Lezon Defenseman from the Ruin, Miranda Huskies, in two games last week, the two way defenseman had a goal and two assists and is currently on a two game point streak. In 22 games played, he's got four goals, 13 assists, 17 points. Uh, defenseman Jakob Sporal of the St. John Sea Dogs had a goal and an assist in both games last week, extending his point streak to five games, which is tied for a season high. Uh, last 10 games, he's got 2 goals, 7 assists, 9 points. And in 32 games played, he's got 8 goals, 20 assists, 28 points. Uh, WHL Jesse Gabriel from the Prince George Cougars had a goal in both uh, games this weekend. He has 6-5, 11 numbers in his last 10 games. In 44 games played, he's got 25 goals, 19 assists, 44 points. Uh, NCAA Ryan Fitzgerald of the Boston College had a goal in Friday night's game against New Hampshire and has three points in his last two games. In 23 games played, he's got seven goals, 14 assists, 21 points. Forward Anders Bjork of Notre Dame University was named to be a finalist to receive the Hockey Humanitarian Award last week. Uh, that's a very, very prestigious award. Congratulations to him being a finalist and hope he wins. And he's also um, in big talks about uh, being a, a Hobie Baker award winner or a finalist. So that's that will come later on. Uh, last 15 games, Bjork's got 8 goals, 10 assists, 18 points, and 27 games played. This season, he's 16, 22, and 38. Forward Trent Frederick of the University of Wisconsin had two goals and one assist against Michigan State on Friday night and a goal and an assist on Saturday night against Michigan in a back-to-back games. Last 10 games, he's got six goals, seven assists, 13 points. And in 18 games played, he's got 10 goals, 13 assists, 23 points. And the last one is Cameron Hughes. Well, we've been talking about him a lot lately. Uh, from the University of Wisconsin, he had a goal and two assists over the weekend in a game against Michigan State. The last 10 games, he's got four goals, seven assists, 11 points, and is currently on the season-long eight-game point streak. In 24 games played this season, he's six goals, 17 assists, 23 points. And that's it for the uh, Prospect update.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. So. It's
1: always good just to like hear what's going on with them because I know it's, like you say it, it takes a lot of time for you to do that but for like an average fan to go out there and try and find them it's, it'd take you all day. So. Well,
2: you know what, I'm going to let you all in on a little secret. I actually um, and the NCAA to me is a new thing that I'm doing this year uh, and I actually do want to get more involved in the European, but I just... On my weekends, there's just so much to do, and I, I, I keep forgetting about it. And I'm actually going to look into um, having somebody on the show that is from Sweden that has an eye on the Bruins' prospects out there, but we're in discussions on, on time, because like you, they're so yeah. further ahead of us, so and I don't want to be doing yeah. a show at, like, 2 in the morning, so... But... Um, I go to this website called USCHO.com and it is a fantastic website to get all the information you need on each team. Uh, they do Division 1 and they do Division 1 women's so you can find you know find out what's going on on the women's side of the game. But they do uh, Atlantic Hockey, Big Ten, ECAC, Hockey East, NCHC, and WCH, WCHA. And it's a a great website to find out all the information you need, um, and and if you ever want to look up somebody, go to that site and check it out because it's it's really good. It's awesome. So, uh, like I was trying to t- um, before the prospect update, there's some things going on in the uh, in on the Bruins team as as everybody knows. It, I mean, this is just a suck part of the t- part of the year, and it's tough to deal with, but. You know, when a team struggles, players struggle. And I've heard a lot of stuff about um, Brandon Carlo. I'm not sure yeah. if you've heard anything, but I'm just frustrated on how fans can just turn. And, yeah. You know, they, they loved him when he was playing the beginning of the year, and then he goes through a struggle in time, and now it's everybody wants to tra- – not everybody, but certain people want to trade him. Why is he yeah. playing? Why is not he down in the AHL? Why did you even bring him past the uh, you know the junior and the World Hockey, um, the Western Hockey League with Tri City? Why you know it's like I, I, I don't know I, I, I maybe it's me and I I kind of let a player and I shouldn't say let but accept a player when he struggles and believe that he'll get out of it. 'Cause he's just learning. It's his first year. I, I just yeah, don't and, get it.
1: And plus in his entire career he's never been known as a point producer. So I, I'd throw out point production like right out the window straight away. All right. I don't shut think down. that's yeah, that's that's never gonna be a part of his game, so don't expect like points to be put up by him. Yeah. I, I'm even surprised at some of the goals that he scored this season. Um because that's not been part of his game really Um, you're gonna start hitting that wall especially when you're playing like five more minutes than a lot of NHL veterans per game it's it's ridiculous that they've brought this guy this kid in expecting him to play way more minutes than Tory Krug Adam McQuaid Kevin Miller guys who've been around the league for the last two three years Uh, and not resting. This is exactly the same as what's happening with Tucarask. Right. Players aren't getting rested when they're in certain situations it's gonna lead to either injury or he's not gonna learn properly because he's gonna be so tired out.
2: But when I try when I try to like, you know, play the you know, let's (laughs) let's think about this kind of guy. I always say that he's on an entry level contract. Yeah. This is his time to learn. You can't just give up on somebody like that. I mean, his his upside is is far greater than what you're seeing right now. So I mean, just just please be patient with him. I mean, he is going to be one of the D core players, if not your next captain. I mean, if they don't give it to Virgil on, you know what I mean, or yeah. later on in time, if he's still with the Bruins, he could be that. He could wear that C on his chest. I mean. Just have patience with some players, man. Especially ones on the ELCs. I mean, if he was if he was signed for a three year deal, an NHL contract, I could see the frustration. I could see you wanting yeah. to move him. but I mean, after his first year, you're just not giving him enough time to to adjust. I mean, it's a big any game. player
1: any player on the roster that's on the ELC that's earning like. Eight hundred and fifty thousand a year yep. in the NHL, something around that mark. Anyway, you're paying eight hundred and fifty thousand a year for a top two defenseman who's been playing better than quite a lot of people around the league, yeah. quite a lot of players. Eight hundred and fifty k. You can only expect a few mistakes.
2: Right, and again, there's if you look outside of Boston circle. You can yeah. see that other defensemen that have probably been in the league for ten years are going through the same struggle. So yeah. let's not dive off the freaking cliff because a kid's struggling and you're frustrated. We get it. I get it. Yeah. It's tough to see, but I don't want to like throw the trade flag up and then you know because if, if, yeah, if you trade, I've even
1: I've even seen people talking about McAvoy, who's not even reached the NHL level yet being a trade chip
2: yeah.
1: Uh, these guys who are unsigned but have great potential at making the NHL like McAvoy does people, scouts have been saying that he's ready to play in the NHL right now mm-hmm. I mean give that guy a couple more years in juniors and he's going to be a lot better than he is now so I mean it's it's not about using these kids as trade chips now when you don't know what you've got yet. I I truly think that in five years' time, if they keep all the young guys that they've got, they'll be around the same as what Chicago is now. Yeah. As long as you can sign people to, like, correct deals. Right. Like, no more throwing out these free agency things where it's five, six million for five or six years. Like, they can't afford that.
2: Right. That's not it.
1: unless players are going out while players are coming in.
2: It's not going to work for future plans of this team in a retooling or rebuild, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got a lot of players that are coming through the developmental system that are going to be start off slow, but they, you know, they're going to get their legs sooner or later and just, you know, it's just going to take time. Patient yeah. patience is is the is the biggest thing with this with this team right now and and the fan base is is like I said earlier, it's it's the win now mentality. If you're not in it, it's terrible. Tear it down and, and start over. But you know you can't do that on the fly.
1: Yeah. So you gotta that that's gotta be a all in or all out move. Right. Like you can't just do it halfway and expect it to work. So um, one more thing I wanted to talk about quickly. Uh, have you been seeing the rumors of a possible a Trade to Boston.
2: I have. What? Why? Why? I Why? I, I, know, I know I'm saying the same thing. Um, I've also heard Shane Doan. Oh God no. And these are, these are from from pretty respectable people, you know, NHL Network saying there's a good possibility Shane Doan could end up in Boston, and I don't think See? that's the right move. That is the same thing no. they did with Stempniak. Yeah. They're gonna give up too much for a player that's on his way out in the retirement home. We need goal scoring. I mean, goal scoring has been up lately, but we still need to put the puck in the net. These players are not that. Again, they're, look,
1: six... they're looking at the right teams, though. Like, if, if I was to go to Arizona, Raden Verbarter would be the guy I'd
2: go after. Yeah, he's been talked about a lot. I mean, uh, uh, Sportsnet.ca's Jeff Merrick is, is big on that guy. Yeah. And so, and there's, there's, and so it, is uh, it, Billy Jaffe of uh, Nesson, so...
1: Yeah, he, he's getting paid a million dollars for this year. Right. Like, you could even, I, I guarantee Arizona would take some of that cap on. Not yeah. that you need to, but you can even create more cap space.
2: V- like they could
1: take 50% of that.
2: Vibrata is an older player, but he's more yeah. point production. He has more point production than Aginla and Don. So yeah,
1: but his his shot suppression numbers are uh, just as good as both players.
2: Yeah, they are very good.
1: Yeah, this guy is playing like like top line, like numbers for a million dollars. I'd happily take him, but it, at the same time, it's what you have to give up. Like they're gonna want a young player, not a draft pick, right? Because they know they're not gonna get a first round pick to Raden for the bar. So like they're going to want a young prospect who has a chance of making it. Yep. And I wouldn't I wouldn't really want to give anyone up. Not not to like only just make the playoffs and drop out. I, I just think they need to look at getting a young goaltender because there's no one in the system that's even close to backing up Brass. So I'd look for a young goaltender for next season and that's the only thing I'd do.
0: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com.
2: Hey, another another real quick thing is uh what how do you feel about the Shattenkirk rumors again?
1: Um we had this talk the other day. Um uh, I honestly think he does the same job that Tory Krug does other than the size that he has Right. Um, he's known for getting lost in the offensive zone just like Tory Krug does and leaving his partner defending a 2 or 3 on 1
2: I just just bring it up because Darren Drager Bob McKenzie have mentioned it in the past since we've talked and and before we talked it was more or less the uh, um, Jim not Jim Rutherford Jeremy Rutherford of st. Louis uh, dispatch I believe was the yeah. one that brought it up so now the big the big boys in the and um, the hockey personalities are, are talking about a deal and that there have been conversations
1: so if Tory crew goes as part of that deal like you said if Tory crew goes as part of that deal good deal
2: deal do it
1: if Tory Krug if Tory crew stays but you pay it over the top for him
2: don't bad do deal it. yeah
1: because then you've got Torrey Krug and Kevin both playing on the same pairing. You can guarantee it.
2: But so. some of the rumors now updated rumors about this deal is that uh, St. Louis of course is going to want a first round pick. Yep. They I think it was Spooner Yeah. and uh, another player I could see
1: them wanting a defense yeah I, I guarantee they'll want a defensive prospect, Ryan Spooner, and a first-round pick. Ryan well, Spooner's is the obvious one because that guy can, like, he can quarterback a power play like yeah. he's shown all season. He's the go-to guy on the power play to move the puck around. Even though they've they've swapped that power play unit out now, did you notice that in the Tampa? Uh, yeah, in the Tampa game is when it started. It's now. Uh, Bergie, Marshy, Pasternak, Kretschy, and Krug as the first pairing. And then the second unit is David Backus, um, Frank Petrano, Ryan Spooner, and then Colin Miller, and I can't remember who they had out there last night. Yeah,
2: Colin Miller. I think Miller... it was Kevin Miller. Colin Miller was the big one that I was going to bring up. That is the first round pick Colin Miller and um uh somebody somebody else. I just can't remember, but I'm not See, I I'd
1: ship Colin Miller out
2: because that's what I I'm guarantee saying too. He,
1: he's the guy that's going to get picked up by Vegas. Right. If if he doesn't if he's not traded, I I really think he's the guy that Vegas pick up.
2: And he's on a, he's on a lot of projection lists to go to Vegas, so No, I'm not saying it's going to happen or I want it to happen, but, I mean, if you're going to get a guy back with size, some scoring ability, and has been in the league a little longer than a Colin Miller, and can immediately come in and help this team. Now, I'm not saying help this year, but be an asset for years to come. What I don't like about the Shattenkirk deal is the way St. Louis is, is trying to approach it that they sign him now to trade him. Yeah. I don't like that because that gets back into the conversation that we had earlier and you brought it up about long-term deals yeah. on, on this Bruins team and it just, you know, and of course he's going to he's going to be back in Boston so he's not going to want to go anywhere so he's going to want those modifieds and those no movements. So I mean, I don't want to get yeah. locked into a player like that like we did with Isaiah O'Chara Chara.
1: No, let it go to free agency. If, if he really wants to play on the East Coast like he's saying he is, if he really wants to play in... I think the three teams were Philly, New York Rangers, and Boston. Let it go to free agency and talk to him then. Make your own mind up about what deal you want. Right. But just don't give him six years, six mil, because yeah. it's stupid. And like I say, unless another guy is going to go out, like a Tory Krug or... Like because the money makes Zidane sense.
2: Retires. The money makes sense. If you do yeah. it that way, the money makes sense, and you gain a little bit of size. I like it. Yeah. I was thinking the other day as well. I saw a
1: tweet saying that um, Las Vegas may be able to make trades before the deadline.
2: I know, I saw that too, which I thought was kind of weird.
1: Yeah. Here's my genius plan. If I was the general manager of the Boston Bruins, would you not go talk to the GM of Las Vegas and say, look, you take Hudorban off us as the unprotected player and we'll give you future trading rights on someone else at the draft. Like, why would you not do that?
2: Not
1: a... Or at least, at least attempt it.
2: Right, that's not a bad idea.
1: Because if you say, look, look, We'll give you... You take Hudobin. We'll see who you've got. Like, who... What player you've got that we'd want for a trade. And then we'll pay over the top for it. Like, we'll give you a second round pick for a guy who should cost, like, a third or a fourth. Because I'd happily pay that to get rid of Hudobin. And
2: and when, when you talk about Hudobin, I think that that's the guy that needs to be the, the one that goes in the expansion draft. And I know it's it's... It's Las Vegas that's doing the picking; they're gonna do the choosing. But I think he's the most important. And I I know a lot of people say Jimmy Hayes should be the one. But when you think about goaltending, you don't want this guy down in the AHL making NHL money. Yeah, I'd move him. Start restocking the uh, the depth at goal, uh, either NCAA free agent signings, free agent signings over the summer. Not like what they did with Hudolben. Be smart about it. Give it a day or two. Don't go right on January, uh, July one, and sign anybody. That that was just a yeah. joke.
1: But at the same time, there's a possibility of drafting a goaltender this year because there are three or four like top-notch goaltenders coming up in the draft. Yeah, I'm and gonna... none of them none of them are projected for the first round. I'm actually so. gonna
2: I'm actually gonna be writing an article this week for the Black and Gold Hockey Blog about goaltenders that the Bruins should inquire about or or look into drafting uh, in yeah. 2017. So look out for that one. I look forward to writing it. Yep. Um, real quick, just a real quick update: the Sault Saint Marie Greyhounds beat the North Bay Battalion seven to four. Zach Senishin had nine shots on goal and contributed with two goals, snapping a three-game pointless streak. So, good to see that's him awesome. get on the board. Yeah. I think that's going to do it. Yep. Another um, hour and a half podcast. Yeah, right. Well, for, for, no, and I know it wasn't your fault, but for the uh, technical difficulties, I thought we should go a little longer yeah. just to give the yeah, listeners something. Yeah, and I actually.
1: apologize for that. That's, that's something I'm it's definitely Skype. I definitely... Yeah, it just sucks. But I thought um, we, I thought we got over it over the past few weeks, but it seems to have come back. I know,
2: so. I know, it's going to be one of those. Yeah. But um, if you like the show and you'd like to donate to uh, what we're trying to do, uh, please go to www. Patreon slash www. Patreon. dot com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Um, we definitely appreciate anything that we can get, as the prices of podcasting go up we could use the help appreciate it ha yep and (laughs) and it starts again is that the end of the show
1: yeah I think it's gonna be (laughs) alright
2: um you can follow me at twitter at black and gold 277 you can follow rob at rob 40 bruins and you can also follow the um the podcast twitter account um black and gold pod so, thank you very much for the listeners. And we
1: passed, we passed 10,000 listeners. Yes, so I forgot to say that last to week. I say it last
2: year. I totally forgot to mention this. Um, thank you very much for all the listeners. We really appreciate all the support. Um, we are worldwide. We are on four platforms. We're on Apple iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on SoundCloud.com. And we're also newly to Stitcher Radio. And we have... Past ten thousand listeners, I think we're at like ten thousand three hundred. We had about four hundred listeners last week, which brought us over the board. So, thank you again for everybody that's um, that's that's tuned in. You guys have been amazing, and uh, and every time we we do this, we we gain so many more listeners, and it just keeps us motivated to keep going week to week. So, thank you very much. Yep. And that'll do yep. it. Thanks, Rob. You have a great week.
1: You too, will we'll, uh, we'll It dis- should be a fun one.
2: Yeah, it should be. We've got three Bruins games, all home games next week, so we're going to definitely have, uh, have much to talk about. Yep. All right, bud, take care, and thanks again for listening, everybody. Yeah, Thanks.
0: for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.